guys, we did it. It's the end of 2022. Thank God. Hey. Finally. Yeah, it's 2023 now. Almost. No, like almost. A, like three days away. Three days away. Okay. Close enough. Who knows? Time okay. doesn't matter. Not, time's no. not real. Like, I, don't, I don't know where we are in terms of the future and time. I don't know where I'm in the present half the time. That's so. fair. I might even be in the past. That's the problem with doing an award show and with sort of a shifting timeline. It's kind of hard to keep track of. Yes. Uh, who's won the awards? Who's even been nominated? Last week, we recorded an episode on Top Gun Maverick, assuming in our own arrogance <laughs> that it would still be the highest grossing film of 2022 as of it releasing. And I'm pretty confident that it's going to be. <laughs> But a week could change things. We hope that all that everybody assumption. in the world could go see Avatar on an opening it, week. Did it, it? I didn't even look. It's, How did it do? It's sitting around like one eighty to one ninety. It's, it's going to close out. For the Someone weekend. mentioned so very big, but not uh, all time. I had seen somebody post that the original had an okay opening, mm-hmm. but then it had groundswell. Yes, mm-hmm. and yeah, it had sort of a soft opening. Disney Searchlight, whoever is going hard on opening, which might backfire. I think yeah, it could. Perhaps. Yeah, also th- putting a three and a half hour movie and expecting Out. kids to sit in a theater and watch it <laughs> might also hurt. I don't uh, know. I don't know. I think all the formats is going to hurt. I think, mm. uh, I don't know how people are going to respond to the high frame but, rate stuff. Which, yeah, exactly. It helps box office, but might not help word of mouth. People are might all be turned off. 3D screenings in high frame rate? Or is I, it like select theater type of thing? I don't think so. I was going to go see it, but I didn't know because they just had 3D and digital. Fandango you know, is doing a good job on their app of advertising which showings are high frame rate and which ones are not. Nice. But I don't know that all theaters are like doing a good job of broadcasting that. Did I, you see it in 60? I, buddy, I, it was, it's 48, I found out. Okay. But yes, I did. I did. I saw it in IMAX 3D high frame rate. All, format the on full format film on format. In... No, no. The Mercifully... The full film is not in high frame rate. It is sort of saved wow. for select action sequences. Uh, Jim much Cameron like they... doesn't even have balls bigger than Ang Lee. What are we doing? <laughs> that's, that's his belief. Yeah, I think his... his... But does anyone really? I mean, no, Ang, Ang Lee is unstoppable in that category. I think he's the only one brave enough to do a full military drama in high frame rate. <laughs> well, didn't Peter Jackson do one of the Hobbit movies? Well, I think uh, all three, 60? aren't they? I think it's just like, the first one. Is it just the first one? I, I remember it looking f- terrible. Yeah, it, people, it was very poorly received yeah uh, and i think it looks bad in avatar too man like it, it and maybe it's because i as somebody who's used to high frame rate am used to seeing a higher frame rate than that like it, i think people who are used to like video game high frame rates are going to mm. see that and go "Ooh, this looks this looks like it's running badly mm. it looks chunky like it looks like a computer not running well it doesn't look like a movie or or a window into a new world like it mm. just looks poorly rendered i i don't know uh, I'm going to say my anti-seller door to you guys. This will be a good, this will, this is something that'll be great for the Shelbys. Uh, this is something that's been stuck in my head all weekend. Sam Worthington, CGI dreads. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Sam Worthington, CGI, CGI dreads. dreads. Stinky. Uh-huh. P.U. We don't like it. His human character. Well, he's just dread. He doesn't have a human character anymore. He's he's, he's all Navi all the time. Yeah, he's yeah, he has given up his human body. As of, I had to remind myself what happened. To what that happened to that one. human body? It died. It gets eaten by the magic tree. I think I don't remember. Oh, it's been. I watched it re- years yeah, since the original. I didn't rewatch the first movie. I watched a, t- Tell me in twelve minutes died. what happened. And his consciousness movie. just left his body and is now exists a, in a, a Navi. Yes. Yeah. AI. Abby, because it's not a real Abby's body. Well, Was gr- it a real Navi's it, it, body? It's a biological Navi. It's a clone body. of him. It's like a splice clone. See, Arthur, this gets it better. Hi, welcome to our bonus episode <laughs> on Avatar 2, I guess. Uh, as part of a pre- Dalton just answers our questions. That's uh, the FAQ. So <laughs> do you want to know how they bring back Stephen Lang? Because it's great. They bring him back. Of yeah. course they do. So before the final battle in the last movie, he uploaded his consciousness to the cloud, of course, at the the direction of the company. And he was like, well, obviously, I don't need to do this because I won't lose. But I'm doing this. And if you're watching this, I did lose. Yeah, that's right. They bring him back to life in an avatar body. Uh, they bring back a bunch of the Marines. They put their con- backed up consciousnesses into avatar clones of them. And they're fully like universal soldiers, but cats. It's great. <laughs> It's what so a silly. time to be alive. Jim is Mercy. big swings all the time in this movie. Uh, I think you're both going to dislike it. <laughs> I don't know that I even like it. I don't know that I'm going to watch it. Did you guys see Griffin's review? It's my no, favorite review it. I've seen. One star, I hate movies. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, I saw him. I've given up on he, cinema. Him and Randy were coming to the theater as I was leaving. It was very funny. I'll go give it a watch. Oh, yeah, I'm curious what you guys think if you get around to it. But I we're will. not here to talk about 
2022 movies. No, yet. no. We're going to talk about movies that changed the world. We're going to talk about movies we watched in 2022. That have nothing to do with the year 2022. Correct. Correct. Maybe one of them does. No. Well, well, four. A few do. Yeah. yeah, we gotta, yeah and we, one of them may have made a list. Sure. Sure. Possibly. Some of them have made Possibly. lists. Okay. There are lists that are made. Yes. Of things. Dustin, what are we doing here today? Because I don't know. We're doing the shelves, guys. Hello, everybody. Welcome again to the Good Trash Honor Cast, in which we celebrate ourselves and bum, we bum. don't do the thing we normally do, which is film analysis. We're just going to just talk about what we did this last year and the movies that we watched over the course of 2022 and what movies were the best of various categories. Um, one of those categories being the best of being bad. Um, one of those categories being the best of being bad, and we love it. So we'll say more about that later. Um, I'm still Dustin. I'm still Arthur. I am still Dalton for now, but who knows how long, much longer I'll be holding on to this this form. Maybe I'll also be downloading my consciousness. <laughs> now, if you're a first-time listener, welcome. Uh, we like to point to the Shelvies as a good jumping in point uh, if you're new to the show, because uh, we're going to give you some of our, our, our favorite hits of the year, right. uh, from movies to even discussions that we've had. So right, so we'll have a favorite go. episode category as well. Correct. Which is, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of like a, a, a camera door. You know, compared to the Palm Door, it's like a significant award. Yeah. Sort of. I mean, here's where we talk the best. <laughs> we Congratulations pro- to us. We promise we didn't sound stupid on this one. <laughs> but if we did sound stupid, it was fun. Dalton listened to approximately 30 seconds of every episode in making his decision for this category. <laughs> it was always the intro. <laughs> I, uh, I had my methods. Well, with that, I guess we'll begin with category number one, which is our favorite discovery. This is a movie that you had seen before. No. Oh, that you had not. Sorry. They, I, 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 yeah. I, you, I was, were, you were I category was thinking ahead. The thing. Yeah. yeah. It was a movie you had never seen before, and you really, really adored seeing this film for the sake of the show. So it is the favorite discovery. That is a category. I go to you first, Arthur. Uh, my pick for this category my favorite discovery uh was actually a patreon uh pick uh and it is romy and michelle's high school reunion nice i thought you were gonna say uh kiroshi kurosawa no uh it was romy and michelle this is a movie that i just absolutely dig uh the comedy is very much my style and humor and that backgrounds in uh sort of the absurdity of the simpsons pop culture non sequitur type things that it's doing uh very much uh work for me uh in a lot of ways uh, and it's just a, a fun cast uh, i mean uh mira savina and i completely blanking right now lisa kudrow there she is lisa kudrow uh just absolutely knocking it out of the park in that uh with other people showing up it's a lot of fun uh, and i'm glad i finally got around to it. it was one i just i don't know why i was always kind of hesitant to get to and so i think you know growing up as a young guy you don't want to watch a movie about girls but uh you know getting to go back and see that it was it was a hoot and a holler and i had a good time with it so that's my favorite discovery it's romeo and michelle's high school reunion i lost my shirt thank you very much for that Dalton, he did just what got is the your, blazer what is your favorite <laughs> discovery of 2022 uh my favorite discovery comes from our uh our sort of 10-year retrospective how have we never covered marathon and it is but i'm a cheerleader mm. what a picture guys i it's this is one i've been meaning to get to for years anyway uh so it's anytime it's something that's like on my personal watch list that we end up covering for the show it's that's just always a fun time to give give me the excuse to like my first entry into a movie being a time that i have to like do a close watch. I'm, I'm obligated to really be thinking about the movie as I'm watching it. Uh, and so that, that, that made for a very fun time. And again, just, just a wonderful celebration of queerness and uh, like really the, a high watermark for queer cinema and for indie cinema, uh, just like a, a notable American film, truly. And uh, I think it's one that's uh, reputation has only grown over the years. It's fun to get on board, even though I'm late to the game. Uh, but yeah, really fun time. Uh, what a great movie to look at production mm-hmm. design and, and uh, set dressing and uh, costumes are all really f- fabulous in that movie. And the performances are, are all really well tuned. Everybody's sort of on board with the comedy. Uh, it just made for a great time. Dustin, what about you? What was what was your favorite discovery? Well, for guys, this year? you know, I love me a good doppelganger. Uh, and so Denis Villeneuve's enemy mm-hmm. for me is absolutely nice. uh, it, it's so yellow. It's so <laughs> spider. It's so confusing. And it that's is, the tagline they need to put on the box. <laughs> it's so yellow. It's so uh, yellow. It's so spider. It. it I, I like Villeneuve's uh, blockbuster work, mm-hmm. but I want more of this from him. You I, should go I, check out more of his French Canadian stuff. Yeah, that's. I, I need yeah. to go back in the back catalog. But this is the so. kind of thing that I really, really dig, and it is that uh, just 
semi-surrealist kind of approach to, uh, again, something of a mental breakdown um, due to guilt. And that's fascinating to me. So I liked it very, very much. And Enemy is my favorite discovery of last year. One of the things we should do, we've never done it, but it would be fun to know how many movies we watched for the first time for the show. in uh, Like in the year, you yeah, know, like I'm, 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 20 new to me movies or whatever. Gotcha. I think there were, I didn't do a, like a, a head count, but there yeah. were quite a few. There uh, were not a ton for me, actually. Really? Yeah, we I, a lot of them I'd seen before. Me. Real but, quickly. Yeah, we're just going to detour real quick. We're going to take that detour. Um, All four. None. No, I hadn't seen Eternals. Two. So well, I'm at one. Three. Sorry, Dalton. Mm-hmm. I'm now at three. Oh, wait. I haven't seen all of those. I'm at 21. I'd seen 23 of these, so about an even split, probably. I was counting the ones I hadn't seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hadn't so. seen 10. Okay. Wow. That was a lot of dead air to get those numbers. Sorry. I'm sure. I hope, hopefully Arthur had time to trim that out for you, listener. <laughs> I'll pray about it. <laughs> He'll pray about <laughs> He'll it. pray real hard about whether or not he's going to make you listen to that. It's a challenge and endurance right there. What are they doing? If you liked our Vimeo episode, <laughs> or our uh, Cameo, our cameo episode, episode, yeah. We hope you love dead air. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, the big fans of uh, 2021's Shelby's know about the Cameo, the Cameo uh, incident. Um, we're gonna go. This is going to be a more avant-garde episode. That's right. Experiment. <laughs> With lots and lots of silence. Now we're gonna have heavy air. Experimental podcast. Has that been a thing so yet? That, that was light air. We're gonna now play heavy air. Ooh, yeah. Which is <laughs> oh my. All right, we're moving on to our next category, which is once more with feeling, which is what I was starting to say last time, which is a movie you had seen before, but this view brought back new emotions for you. Maybe they're positive, maybe they're negative. Maybe you loved it, now you hate it, maybe you were okay, but now you love it. It Anything that really, again, drew more feeling from you uh, in the second time watching for the sake of the show, I go to you, Arthur. What is your once more feeling? Uh, for me, this was a challenge because there's nothing I've really felt like I watched and either had a massive renewal passion for or a massive, oh, that was garbage, you know. Uh, but one for me was actually, uh, I, I'm a big John Carpenter fan, and I remember the first time I tried to watch Escape from New York, I got like 15 minutes in, I was like, I, this isn't for me. Uh, and so actually sitting down to watch it for the show, like you said, um, and forcing my hand that way, I really went for it. I, I, it is a good time to be had. And, and Snake Plissken uh, just traipsing around uh, post-apocalyptic New York uh, with a who's who of uh, fellow character actors and uh, celebrities is just a good time uh, to be had, and so the the design of that film, the look of that film, uh, a kind of a different foray, I think, for Carpenter at the time, doing something a little more still sci-fi adjacent, but much more you know post-apocalyptic. Doesn't quite look like some of his horror stuff. Uh, more overtly political. Yeah, uh, it's kind of the first time he does that. Yeah, and I think it's a really interesting kind of piece in his filmography as well. So glad to finally really sit down and, and watch it, and would be glad to go back into that world again. Probably not to see Escape from L.A., but uh, at least Escape <laughs> from New York uh, would be gladly uh, revisited by me. I think it's a lot of fun, uh, and that was the one I think uh, that really stood out to me as getting to kind of revisit it and actually appreciate it and see uh, the value that's there in that film. So uh, Escape from New York. Very cool, very cool. What do you say, Dalton? What was your uh, Once More With Feeling film of last year? For me, it's got to be Danny Boyle's 28 Days Later. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I've talked nice. about this when we recorded that episode, but my, my prior watch, I was like, yeah, this is fine. I, I like I used to like this more. Um, and I've, I've really come back around on it. I still think the third act is kind of a wash in, in a lot of ways. But I really just think the first two thirds of that movie are pretty incredible. I hate that they tried to pretend it wasn't a zombie movie. Come on, guys, get real. Uh, that's that's a zombie picture. Uh, and I think that's part of what makes it work so well. It's a very good zombie picture. Uh, it's It's got an awareness of the genre and it's sort of 
uh, interested in in things that had either not been explored yet in a zombie film at that time or hadn't been explored very well or very thoroughly. So it's, you know, it's taking a lot of the hallmarks of that genre and doing interesting things with it. And again, I think, you know, there's just not a lot of movies that look like it and won't ever be again, probably, mm-hmm. just because that that such a short window of time that they were using that sort of prosumer digital technology. Uh, I just, yeah, I think it's a really, really interesting movie, both for like, being a fun zombie movie, but also like historically sort of a, a time in a moment kind of movie. Uh, yeah, I just think it's it's really exciting filmmaking. What about you, Dustin? So mine definitely it, it, the movie itself is is grown on me. It's grown on me since we watched it for the show. In fact, my review on the show was pretty middling on it, but it got me thinking about it a lot and uh, the kinds of movies of its sort of subgenre. And uh, I, I got to, I, I've discovered how much I love the creature features and was sort of back to the well because of Anaconda. And uh, Anaconda really, really did it for me. Uh, it was just like, oh yeah, you know what? I just love, you know, a man against nature, you know, kind of experience. Uh, I was thinking about it again when we were watching Beast, Arthur and I were mm. the other day, and I, I ended up rewatching uh, Arachnophobia and a Fun handful movie. of other, you know, yeah. these kind, and they're all. Every creature feature, someone said this to me the other day, every creature feature is kind of a bee picture, and those particular kinds of bees are movies that I really, really enjoy. And so for me, Anaconda was really one thing that sort of welled up the feels in me. And so uh, that's that's my once more with feeling for this year. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I also love John Boyd getting eaten by a snake. Uh, you know, I love What a great image. I love his dead body winking. <laughs> so, so funny. <laughs> so funny. Good. What a wild moment. Oh, me. All right, well, we're going to move on to our next category, which is now covered up, but I think, perhaps, it is the best show. So this is going to be our favorite entry as a podcast. We are reviewing ourselves and our performance, and again, this would be a good category to listen to if you're a new listener to the show for going back into the catalog and seeing uh, a, a good discussion about film. So I go to you first, Arthur. What was the best show for us last year? I was thinking about this, and for me, I, I really think back to the pig episode. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, we all really go for that movie, uh, but the way we did analysis on that, where we kind of walked sort of sequence by sequence through the movie and highlighted, kind of analyzed it at a beat by beat level, uh, was something we've never really done before. It was a really unique way to approach. Uh, that section of analysis as we kind of looked through it and looked formally at it. We looked at techniques, the themes, the ideas, the commentaries being presented. Uh, And and for me, that was just kind of an interesting way for us to sort of break up uh, the formula a little bit of, you know, we typically just kind of round table discuss it. But for that one, we had a a kind of clear direction throughout and the way we talked about it. And, And to me, it was kind of an interesting approach and kind of just changed up. Uh, some things, and it was a lot of fun and a good movie. And so it's fun to talk about good movies with you two. Absolutely, absolutely. What was your best show of last year, Dalton? Uh, my favorite episode we produced last year is our discussion of Jane Campion's In the Cut. <laughs> what <laughs> an incredible episode. I love it. Anytime we are forced to talk at length about sexuality on this show, I think it's a good time. It uh, forces all of us outside of our comfort zones a little bit. Uh, and I think we usually do okay. I think we equip ourselves fairly well as far as trying to like bring critical analysis to to a text that is like highly erotic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it's you know it's we, we look at each other and have our goofy little half smiles on, but it makes for fun episodes. We have a lot of laughs, but I think we do like try to really engage with the material. And I think it's so fun anytime we get to champion uh, a film that's you know kind of lower on the totem pole for people as far as like what what they're in a hurry to catch up with so anytime we get to come to a movie that's sort of was not well received when it came out or doesn't have like a high reputation obviously we're not the only people saying you should catch up within the cut but it's it's always fun when we get to be part of that that mm-hmm. voice when we get to be part of the chorus people saying hey this this kind of forgotten movie is actually really good and i know it's we, we, we're kind of on a spectrum of how much we all liked that movie, but I know we all sort of went for it more or less. And uh, it was just fun to be like, wow, this, this filmmaker that people know has this movie that pe- they don't know. Mm-hmm. And it really is, I don't know, I've seen three of her films, and I think it might be, it's not my favorite, but I think it might be the most interesting one to me. Uh, plus, I mean, how are, what are you going to, with a line of dialogue like no sense of cock whatsoever, <laughs> you simply must see Jane Campion's in the cut. And then, you know, maybe listen to us talk about it. I think we did an okay job. 
Yep. Dustin, it was what, a good time. Yeah. What about you? What did you think was our our our, our shining moment for the year? Uh, going back to Shocktober, I think uh, our best show was the Candyman episode. Okay. Ooh, and, Candyman. And the reason can. why is I, I think we were kind of insightful in the in the ways in which we sort of brought other ideas into the discussion there. But we also were very good to highlight uh, the ways in which we were speaking out of school at times, the ways in which we were addressing issues that are outside of our own personal wheelhouses and outside of our own personal experience um, as three white dudes talking about this very very african-american centric uh particular film but i i think we did i think we did the movie justice i really do and i i think we were again um we were able to uh, sometimes less say what needed to be said or what could be said about the movie as much as we were able to point the listeners in the appropriate direction for further research and i was i was very very proud of us uh for that that and it was fun it was just i mean candy man i that movie's a movie i've been thinking about a lot too it's a good picture so it's a, it's a very very good picture so candy man uh the 2021 remake uh, on the Shocktober episode. We move on now to our next category, which is a fun one. It is the Hebrew Hammer, the movie that is terrible, which I actually did not rank on my list. I see it's missing now. So now I've got to figure out on which I will draw. Well, we'll both talk and then the, you do the, a thing. The yeah. Hebrew Hammer. So um, I'm, I'm going to... Well, you do some... Va- I'll, I'll vamp for you. You vamp and pick... Well, yeah, go uh, This is named for the Adam Goldberg, Andy Dick starring, I think, Comedy Central original movie. Uh, I'm pretty sure that that's that's the genesis. Kind of one of their midnight picture. I can't remember. It was like an after dark type thing. I yeah, think, right? yeah. They did this. Uh, Porn and chicken was another one they did. Yeah, I don't know if anybody remembers that. But this is we we <laughs> real watched, strong. Uh, yeah, m- well of minds over there. Huh? Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure this was an original movie of theirs. But no, any, I think they, you're right. One they championed if, yeah. if they didn't produce it. Um, so we watched this in our first year. We tried to do a Christmas marathon or a holiday marathon. A non Christmas. Christmas yeah. movies or yeah, something. Or, yeah, so this was one of them that we watched, and we all did not go for the Hebrew Hammer. None of us are experts enough to know whether or not it's anti-Semitic, but we, we think it might be. <laughs> we debated about it's it. It's a good chance. <laughs> there's, there's an all right there's chance that it is. Wrong possibility. We're not sure. Uh, so that's how we've we've named this category based on that pretty bad movie. We're going to also talk about some bad movies. Arthur, what did you hate this year? What, uh, what really made you mad? I've, you know, this one took me a minute to really kind of find something that worked. Uh, and then I settled on it. Uh, what with its uh, neon blues and neon yellow cyber world that is Tron Legacy, yeah. which is we yeah. absolutely trashed uh, in that episode. Uh, we had such a hard time talking about Tron that we were off talking about multiple other things, I think, in, in that episode because... Uh, it was very hard to focus on this uh, kind of initial legacy sequel, uh, which is one of the first movies to really have that sort of uh, uh, script and, and narrative element yeah. of bringing in uh, new characters to interact with the legacy property. Um, and so, you know, I, I thought it'd be a lot of fun. I remember there were a lot of people who went to bat for it when it was in theaters. It was really championed by, you know, kind of general audiences. Uh, but it is just a mess mm-hmm. of a movie. Um, which is honestly in keeping in line with the original, I think, in many ways, because the original is a mess too. It is, it is um, indeed. But uh, it, it's just a, a fascinating movie, um, that just does not work uh, with its uncanny valley, uh, young Jeff Bridges CGI, and uh, it just doesn't work. And so I've I've gotta just absolutely drop uh, my blue and white menorah emblazoned Hebrew hammer. All over it. Very good, very good, Arthur. What is your Hebrew hammer going to fall on, Dalton? Well, this might be controversial. Um, oh, is our Balthazar? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Rasan, <laughs> get the fuck out of here, you chump. <laughs> no, no. It is, unfortunately, a selection from our Summer of Sandy. It is 1994's The Fives? The, the Net. I just... I said it on this episode, and I stand by what I said. It's one of those movies that makes you be like, maybe it's good that there's less movies. Maybe maybe it's okay that we're not pumping out like five every weekend. It's, I don't know. I love a star-driven thriller. I, I just watched Resurrection with Rebecca Hall this weekend. Great picture. Really fun time. But you know what? It's streamlined. Its narrative is clean. It's got some weird big ideas that are you know at the very least they go for something and the net is just kind of boring and doesn't really seem that interested in the internet it more seems interested in a maybe one of the dumbest movie criminal conspiracies ever committed just a really really dumb bad guys doing a a plot that doesn't make a, a heck of a lot of sense to me 
And uh, also, I have to pretend that I'm into Dennis Miller? What? <laughs> yes. What? No. The hardest conceit of the movie. Exactly. I refuse <laughs> to believe him and Sandra Bullock would be sharing the same air. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> Carry on, my way. We have evidence. Son. They're on camera together. Um, don't believe it. <laughs> it's like the uh, motion, It's like the uh, conspiracy <laughs> theory, right? Like they weren't actually in the booth together. <laughs> exactly. They just shot reverse shot at it. Yeah, that's exactly right. Ugh. Yeah, I know. I don't know. Don't like it. Uh, not for me. Dustin, what about you? So I'm gonna drop the Hebrew hammer on a patron pick, and I feel bad about that, but I'm going to. But I'm glad we watched it because it's a hoot for how bad it is. Cure. It is not cure. It is Jason goes to hell. Um, just I, I still just do not care for it. Now I think uh, Freddy versus Jason's great. I think it's super and meta and all that, and it got me over there to watching that next movie. But the movie is a Jason movie without Jason. Doesn't I, work for you. Doesn't work for me. You know, I need I need Jason and my Jasons. That's just. That's that's it's, I, snakes on a plane. If it doesn't have that, it's not snakes on a plane, and that's that's where it is for me on that one. I am glad. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Kirsten, for picking it because I think we had a good time talking about it. I had a great time, but uh, not a good movie uh, at all, especially even for fans. So there you go, dear listener. We move on now to our best worst movie. These are bad movies, but we love them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're we not. Like- they're not good. But mm, we we're didn't... piggies and shit. Yummy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I go to you, <laughs> my first little piggy, Arthur. Let's say you <laughs> for your best worst movie. My best worst movie uh, is a movie I gave five stars to on Letterboxd uh, and absolutely adore because I think it is doing everything it wants to be doing and doing it so lovingly uh, and in tribute to uh the the oldies and that is Tim Burton's Mars Attacks, uh, which Fun. is just absolutely trash. <laughs> Intentionally though, right. but not in that weird birdemic way or or Sharknado way where it's like we're actively trying to make a memeably bad movie with bad actors and bad production. Like everything that Burton does in that movie is very lovingly intended to pay homage to Ed Wood and that era of B movie campy sci fi stuff. Uh, and the jokes, uh, the actors, the, that that ensemble uh, is you know Pam Greer, uh, mm-hmm. Jack Nicholson, Michael J. Fox, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker, they're, uh, Pierce Brosnan. Uh, they're all just seem to be having a great time. Uh, especially I think Jack, who's doing double duty uh, in there and just doing the Lord's work. Um, but everything about that movie, I think, is lovingly crafted to be bad, uh, and I think it exceeds. And I don't think you know, never going to show up at a film studies course by any means. Um, but it's a good time and a lot of fun to be had with Mars Attacks. Very good, very good. What was the best worst movie to you, Dalton? Well, I'm not a fan of Friday the 13th, so I think the best worst movie is Jason Goes to Hell. Okay, fair enough. A movie that Kirsten gave five stars, and I can't quite get all the way to five on, but I do think this movie kicks ass. (laughs) It's totally fine. It's got a young, hungry, straight-out-of-film-school filmmaker, not sure that they're ever going to make another movie, and it... It has some cool ideas. It's got some cool images. Uh, call me Rob Zombie because I'm conquering the worm. I think this movie is a hoot. Make every movie like it's your last movie. Always. Should be the philosophy. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We love big swings over here. And the idea to say, well, you know what? There's like six other movies where this guy in a hockey mask kills people. What if I made a movie where he possesses people and then they kill people? I don't know. It's a good idea. There's some really good, cool kills in this movie. Uh, and that's what I'm looking for in a slasher movie is fun, big ideas, cool kills. Uh, does the mythology make any sense on this one? No, sir, it does not. But that's part of the charm for me. It's also got just fully a bounty hunter with a long duster. Just a guy that stepped out of the Old West looking to kill Jason. It's also got like a hard copy guy doing a, <laughs> doing a, the most notorious serial killer alive uh, running TV show on Jason. A lot of threads in this movie. Not many of them get followed up on, but they don't really need to be. Uh, there's just there's, It's all ideas all the time over here. Uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of Jason Goes to Hell. Maybe I'll see some other Friday movies at some point, and it'll change my mind. But 
I don't think so. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> probably not. It's unlikely. I think this movie is exactly everything it needs to be. That is totally fine. Thank you very much for that, Dalton. What about you, Mr. I Don't Like Good Movies? I, 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 I think the best worst movie for me is a, a pretty high quality movie, but it just fails. Mm. But I liked it. Okay. And that is Don't Worry, Darling. Uh, it's a high quality, high concept. Kind I of almost movie. put it in here. And it just doesn't. It just, I like that answer. Yeah, it, it, it just broke. And yet I st- I'm compelled by it. And I uh, continue to keep thinking about it. And so great performances, great set design, great costumes, uh, just the way it captures that sort of mid-century modernism. Um, that all really, really works for me. And uh, it is, um, again, uh, the off-screen drama is fine. I don't even care about it. Uh, as you listen to the episode, you can find out how little I knew about it. Uh, I don't care about any of that kind of stuff, but I think the movie itself is a, a, a good time. It is definitely, again, broken from the inside out, yet it works for me. So I dig it uh, very, very much, and I would recommend it um, to anyone who uh, wanted to catch it. So um, Don't Worry Darling is my best worst movie. We move on to a, a little a scene, perhaps, or whole film award in which we award the hall of violence award for the best action sequence or the best scene of violence the most icky squelchy scene of violence perhaps uh that we saw this uh last year and we award that particular moment so with that i go to you arthur what goes in the hall of violence for you i think for me the easy answer here was the nightmare on elm street Mm. Uh, especially that rotating room Mm -hmm. Uh, and just the practical effects that take place to make some of those uh, murders happen. Uh, If you go back and listen to the episode, I'm not huge, hugely warm on uh, Elm Street, uh, but I I, got to give credit where credit's due. And and Mm -hmm. some of the production design, what they're doing to pull off some of those uh, set pieces and those kills is just uber impressive. And it's very effective in the final product as well. And so, uh, you know, uh, craftsmanship plus uh, quality of the finished product, man, that just sings for me. And mm-hmm. so I've got to go with uh, some of those kills from A Nightmare on Elm Street. Very cool, very cool. What are you going to go with for your Hall of Violence, Dalton? Well, speaking of giving credit where it's due, I can't deny how cool it is that Tom Cruise convinced about a dozen other actors to be as insane as he is. It's the dogfights from Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. A movie that I don't like a lot, but I can't pretend is not like absolutely some of the most visually compelling stuff I've ever seen. Uh just, I mean, really stunning. Even even on my TV at home, even outside of the the sort of grand spectacle of a premium large format or of IMAX, it's still like the it worked. Uh, and maybe maybe it was keeping the uh, the aspect ratio changes. It might have even been that. Mm-hmm. Kudos on the home video release, I guess, or the the home streaming release. Uh, because keeping that in, like I don't know, sold that those are larger than life moments to me. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and just the we talked a little bit about the technology. Uh, in addition to the, the the actors learning this this very short flight school, uh, we talked about some of the you know the cameras in the planes. You know, gutting the plane to fit as many cameras as they possibly could. Having the the uh, what's it called the the Cinejet, yeah, the Cinejet uh, flying alongside them, just like really delivering on the promise of a really bad movie from the 80s called Top Gun that has like some really shitty aerial photography. Uh, what if they actually did it good is the question that Top Gun Maverick asks. And the answer is, it looks sick. Man. It's awesome. I'm, I'm still mad about it. I, uh, I, I hate that the movie made so much money. Uh, I think it might be morally bankrupt uh, at almost every level. And yet, I cannot deny that's some cool stuff, guys. Mm-hmm. That the whole montage of them practicing the dogfights is a great time. Uh, I even think the goofy uh, existing and fully in a different reality uh, third act is kind of fun. Um, whether it's the the um, acrobatics that take place to save somebody else using another jet's flares, wild. Okay, sure, why not? Uh, you, you know the the last minute rescues, all of it. I, I just think it's a great time. Uh, it is really high quality action cinema and i cannot deny that uh so that's my hall of violence winner dustin very good very good well you guys know i happen to like a lot of fight choreography mm-hmm. and i do know that challenging fight choreography when you might have different kinds of weapons teams versus large groups or maybe teams wearing large foam rubber turtle suits uh teenage mutant ninja turtles from 1990 sure uh the whole movie i mean i could definitely rank just the uh the, the antique uh, store fight scene there uh, as as the moment for me in that movie. But I really like the rooftop scene as well uh, where they one-on-one against the Shredder. Uh, but 
nonetheless, it's believable kung fu all the way through. And uh, yeah, dig it a lot. And I just love the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in general anyway. And so for nostalgia purposes, there's that. But also, it's very, very good fight choreography. And when you think about him wearing those suits, suits yeah. yeah, that's it's really incredible. all the more impressive. So for me, the Hall of Violence goes to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Especially because, I mean, that's a big knock against, you know, the, the Burton Batman. And any of the early Batmans was like, that suit's just immobile. Yeah, even Batman mm-hmm. Begins. And so for yeah. them to be able to find a way to make that happen in a low-budget indie movie. Yeah, I don't know what Golden Harvest did, but man, they got it done. But sometimes there is something too, you know, lower budget, bigger imagination kind of mm-hmm. idea in filmmaking. And so that may have been what allowed them to create in accessible suits. The, yeah, yeah. the sort of source of creativity. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So for yeah. sure. Well, the exact opposite of that, though, speaking of uh, having all of the resources, I will say uh, honorable mentions, of course, to all three hours of RRR because. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maui, Maui. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, the Tower great. of Power thing, that whole sequence is just it's like the a... prison escape is incredible. Well, you know, honorable incredible. mention in a similar way to Rundown, which has got similar kinds of just like weird sort of physics. Uh, his and little, well, yeah, the, the, the battle in the jungle mm-hmm. uh, when he meets the uh, the rebels. Oh, yeah. When he fights uh, Ernie Reyes Jr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A good time. Yeah, I, th- I thought about. Uh, the rundown a lot when we watched our rr that makes sense yeah so yeah very very similar well we're gonna move on then to our favorite marathon Uh, we did a few of those over the course of the year and so uh they were connected little threads oh movie and if you're looking for a good marathon good time uh this is our recommends for that i go to you first arthur what was the best marathon we did this year uh well i had completely forgot it was a marathon until dalton mentioned it uh, a few moments ago uh, and that was our September 10-year extravaganza where I picked movies that we had somehow never got around to and kind of matched up with everybody. So, you know, starting there with uh, Escape from New York, uh, we started this podcast with John Carpenter. We came back there uh, 10 years later. Uh, then Oh Hazard Balthazar, one Dustin had mentioned often, uh, Smokey and the Bandit, which Dalton had mentioned often, Men in Black I had chosen uh, many times in the past with Elson and Steads, uh, and then kind of finishing on Butt of My Cheerleader, another we had talked about quite a bit doing. Uh, and so I'd, I'd forgot we'd even, uh, that was a marathon. I, I yeah. forgot to label that in my uh, notes. And so uh, that was just a fun time to kind mm-hmm. of celebrate that somehow we're still doing this after 10 years. Um, for some reason, uh, because we hate ourselves or what, what, love what, each other. What is One ten years in internet years, guys. That's what I want to know. Impressive, yeah. <laughs> impressive. Yeah. Uh, forced longevity, though. I mean, we're just gonna keep going. That's right. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, that was just a fun. Those are, I think, a fun slate of movies as well. Just, I mean, very diverse as as far as genre and content and style. I mean, the the Bresson to uh, Burt Reynolds uh, and, and alone. <laughs> is a, a good time. And so I think that was a well-rounded and uh, a, just a blast to, to go through. That was very, very fun. Thank you. Thank you for that marathon, Arthur. I You're think welcome. Personally. Dalton, what do you think was our best marathon of the year? Well, this is one that Arthur also left off the notes, but uh, I, I can't not give love to our top 100s. I know it was not a proper marathon. We didn't discuss any films, but uh, for five weeks we took a break and discussed what we consider to be the 100 greatest films uh, that humankind has ever produced we have very different lists and and yet some very interesting overlaps and uh, it was just a great time it's mm-hmm. it great to hear like what you guys and to, to like kind of talk back and forth and the the lead up to make to like presenting our lists all of that that preamble was fun it was a nice uh, time to kind of get together and, and like talk about methodologies together when we like in that first episode and then just going down the list was a really great time like it, there were lots of fun surprises I uh, definitely would not have expected some of the, the entries that you you both picked. Dustin's were, uh, of More course, on brand, very on brand. Uh, and, and also also for you, just like to see like, oh, my God, OK, how many more hitches we got? Yeah. <laughs> and it's just it's 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 very fun to to see uh, two people who I spend a lot of time with try to articulate their tastes. And it was fun for me to, to also try to find a way like, all right, oh, my God, how am I going to not forget all the movies? And of course. I forgot plenty of movies. Have already started rebuilding my top 100 in my head. Rewatched Michael Mann's Heat since making the top 100, and I mean that just throws everything out mm. of whack. But for five weeks, we had a nice little break, and uh, I don't know. I think it's a good listen. Yeah, uh, I think so too. I agree with that. I guess we're still doing this in ten years. <laughs> we can reevaluate. We can yeah, we can be like Sight and Sound. So right? the, the GTGC greatest films of all time list. That's right, and we're gonna do it ahead of Sight and Sound yeah. every time, right? every year, every ten just years. Just to prove a point. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> And that way we're embarrassed that none of us have Jenny Dealman on our list. It is very funny that Ten we... years from now, I probably still won't have it on my list. <laughs> I, I, I will probably have gotten around to watching it, I think. We'll see. It's fine. Uh, 
it is funny to me. We did not even think about that uh, when we decided to do our top 100s. I, I didn't anyway. Did you consider that this was a sight and sound year? I didn't. Uh, I'd forgotten. I, yeah, I, 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 I was it. aware of it, and I, I had been kind of looking around for that issue when it comes out, but yeah. no, I hadn't been. I yeah. didn't think about it at all me in either. terms of we were doing that. No. I, I wonder. Because had I, we might have timed it a little differently. We could have timed it differently, but also I'm, I'm wondering like how, if we had gone into it with that sort of sight and sound type context in, in our minds like how that would have changed like would we have let our personal tastes been reflected less you know like would we have gone dustin would you have gone for only you know uh feature length films as oh, opposed maybe. to some of your shorts and your, your experimental i mean the shorts made their list too that's true know? and they had yeah. some experimental films on right. there as yeah, well meshes is in like the top 15 so yeah so okay anyway i just think it would have been interesting to see how our lists would have potentially changed if we'd done them a little closer to the sight and sound list it's fair yeah uh there you know Lists are dumb and arbitrary, as we spent plenty of time talking about. But they're fun to make, and they're fun to, to share. Uh, Dustin, what about you? What did you think was the most fun marathon we did? Guys, it was the summer of Sandy. It was... It was <laughs> man, I love Sandra Bullock, and she's amazing. And uh, there were a lot of Sandra Bullock movies that we'd already done, and uh, other movies that we didn't do for whatever reason. And we, we, we picked a really good smattering. I know you dropped the Hebrew hammer on the net, but it's still an early Sandra Bullock film that is a good time. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it like, shows her ability, I think, as well. It yeah, does. Yeah, yeah, for sure. She elevates the material in a pretty real way. Yeah. She's got charisma for days. I mean, really, is what it comes down to. Then we moved on to Miss Congeniality. Then we did Murder by Numbers, which is not great. Great, but it's very fun. And finally, Bird Box, which was surprisingly good. Yeah. And a really, really entertaining film. Yeah. And uh, that I was kind of surprised about as well. And so I think it's just a good marathon. It's a good run to go through an actress. I remember I Dream of Gina a lot of times when we did our Gina Davies uh, marathon. Was... I Dream of Gina a lot, too. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, good to know. Uh, I, have no I Dream more. of Gina and the Brundlefly, weirdly. <laughs> I don't know what that's about. <laughs> A lot to unpack there. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure. Join us next week. Could we talk about a dangerous method? <laughs> <laughs> the good trash Freud cast in which. Uh, all right. So there you go. That is our favorite marathons of last year. Finally, drum roll, please. <laughs> we are gonna, we're going to move into the platinum shelf. This is the uh, irreplaceable film of the year. This is the uh, the the Palm Door. This is the best picture Oscar for all the movies that we watched, excluding. Excluding the January Anti-Trash Marathon. And so that is our one caveat. So Metropolis, Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey, Melancholia, and um, what was the other Solaris. Side? Solaris by Andre Tarkovsky are the uh, four out of bounds selections. Yeah, they made Anti-Trash, so by definition they are platinum shelf worthy. Already. So um, there you go. Um, what do you pick, Arthur? Well, similarly, nobody needs me to go to bat for Oh Hazar, Balthazar. Uh, so my platinum shelf uh, pick is none other uh, than Barry Sonnenfeld's Men in Black. Love it. Uh, <laughs> also on brand. Uh, <laughs> yes. It was in my top ten movies of all time, so of course it's going to get put in the platinum shelf. Yeah. Uh, one of the great action comedies uh, with one of the great uh, buddy duos on screen uh, with Tommy and and Will, big uh, Big Willie style, and uh, Mr. Jones, and uh, man, what a movie! I love it. I, I think uh, just going back to it, that was a fun episode too. several times yeah. again, uh, and and just still seeing uh, the shine on it, but also picking up things. You know, I, I really thought about a lot about the script and the way that's structured and the the format that it has, the way it sets up things and the way it pays off things later on. I think it's just a very smart script uh, and that way it still looks great. And just the, the dynamic of again, Tommy Lee Jones, Will Smith and uh, Linda Fiorentino, Linda Fiorentino. Uh, they're all great. And obviously Rip Torn, Rip Torn and yeah. everybody else that kind of shows up here and there. Uh, just some great gags I think still work. I don't th I think a few of them might be slightly dated. Some of those when they're looking at the screen of the aliens and like, you know, I think Michael Jackson's on there mm, and a few like yeah. some of that stuff may not catch. Dennis Rodman. Such, yeah, yeah. And that's such a minor thing in, in the movie. It's just kind of like a little background bit that that doesn't hurt. You know, I think the rest of it's still very relevant in its humor uh, and ideas. And so I, I love it a lot. And that's men in black. Very good, very good. What goes on the platinum shelf for you, Dalton? Well, I similarly don't need to be going to bat for El Hazard Balthazar. I mean, come on. Yeah, it's it's right. obviously been well regarded for the entirety of my lifetime. So we're, we're good there. Uh, two of them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, are you talking about EO? No, that... two of your lifetimes. Two of my lifetimes. Yeah, that's exactly. How, yeah, that's how old. Yeah, yeah. yeah bingo. Uh, my top film, my platinum shelf film is also in my top 100. And it is Michael Sarnofsky's Pig. 
I, I it's a film that I saw in, in theaters in 2021 and was so excited uh, when we uh, announced that we were going to be doing it on the show. I was just so happy to get to talk about it and get to watch it again. Uh, yeah, I think it's an absolutely incredible film, and I can't wait to see what Sarnowski's career looks like. I, it's just a lights-out first feature. Uh, really incredible work that is, uh, as Arthur said, you know, it... it it uh, inspired some of the best work we did this year, uh, as as Arthur uh, awarded it, you know, and I, I think that, that that's fair. I think we did a really good job of, of digging into that movie, but more importantly, like Stranofsky gave us a really remarkable canvas to work with. You know, it, it's easy to talk about a movie uh, eloquently for an hour plus when the movie's that good. Uh, you know, when there's that many themes going on, whether it's, you know, the sort of inherent classism that's that's sort of baked into the service industry, whether it's sort of the, these ideas of grace and forgiveness that run throughout the film. Uh, there's just so much going on and, and it's all anchored by a career best performance from cage. And the fact that he's not going to get, or well, didn't the fact that he did not get nominated uh, that year was just ridiculous. Criminal. Yeah. That is a movie that has completely reshaped how I view revenge movies as well as the need to see them mm-hmm. i think uh and really i think the the ideas that it put in my mind is really what killed something like the northman for me mm-hmm. which is in a post pig world the same old same old revenge movies just not going to do it for me yeah when you're putting it you know no matter the set dressing can i tell you something that's really interesting i almost go for the northman more because i feel like his quest for vengeance is framed as explicitly evil like, he's not mm. framed as a good guy in that movie. Right. Yeah. And I think that the framing of that quest for vengeance as a destructive act, I think, really yeah. works in that film's as strength. Villainous, yeah. And I think Pig is is the, a, help, a film that similarly has helped me kind of get there with the way I look at revenge stories. Yeah. Even, even something like John Wick that exists in a fantasy world, like, it is... It is you can't talk about Pig without talking about John Wick. Correct. They are sort of inseparable yep. films, and they are both five-star movies, I would say. Yeah. Uh, and Keanu. And Keanu. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, sure. <laughs> Why not? That's that's a close to a five-star movie. Not far from it. Uh, yeah, I, I'm just right there with you, though. Like, it recontextualizes revenge thrillers in such a, a real, like, visceral way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Arthur. Well, Dustin? I'm with both of you guys, and I guess we just have to highlight this statement to begin with, which is to say, uh, I'm not saying Ohazar Balthazar because I don't need to. Uh, uh, So I guess we in some way said, of course that one, but then this one. And I think that's something, I mean, just just to highlight that we're all three saying, of course that one, and then we're going to say our other one. Uh, Please see Ohazar Balthazar. It is one of the greatest movies of all time, uh, for sure. And uh, it just happens to not be in the anti-trash marathon or it would have been out of bounds. And really, it belongs there. Uh, you just mm-hmm. did it for me uh, during our... Uh, for us. I can't quit you. You can't... <laughs> I never will. I never let go, Jack. Uh, but anyway, uh, so yes, yeah, so Ohazar Balthazar. But I do like the animals, and so I too will say pig. Uh, because that I thought is, you might. Yeah, that was, that was what I had on my list as well. And man, it's just... Everything you guys said is exactly right. And so I have nothing additional to add to that other than I love the idea of the anti-John Wick. This is the movie that I find myself recommending a lot to people. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, what's a movie that's out right now that I hadn't seen that ought to check out? And, I mean, there's a lot of interesting and difficult cinema out there. I'm like, no, I'm not going to impose this on your sort of, you know, the casual Christmas party kind of thing. Oh, you're the movie guy. Tell me five great movies. I'm like, oh, gosh. Um, See no evil. (laughs) Or speak no evil. Right. Yeah. Hear no evil. <laughs> well, that one too. Watch no evil. Uh, that's uh, so. Pig is a movie I end up recommending quite a bit, and I think it's one movie that has a lot of legs. Uh, in fact, one of my recommends uh, recommended it to his own mother that she ought to see it. And then when he went to visitors, she asked him, "Hey, you want to watch Pig again?" And that to me is a victory. And therefore, I I right. pick I pick Pig for uh, the platinum shelf for 2022. And there you go, dear listener. Those are our self-congratulatory awards of the year 2022. Thank you so much for making this entire year possible and for all of your uh, faithfulness in listening. Uh, you can be part of the conversation with us all, and Dalton will tell you how. That's right. If you have your own winners for uh, the Shelvies, feel free to let us know. You can email those winners to goodtrashgenrecast at gmail.com. That's the name of the show you're listening to at gmail.com. Uh, that's where uh, we can get all that long-form feedback that uh, you're, you're dying to get out. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter over at Good Trash Media uh, until Elon inevitably finishes this, this spiral he's on, <laughs> in which case, I don't know, we'll be on some other social media website. I'm on Macedon. Yeah, Dustin's on Macedon. Him and 20 other people. Yeah. 
That's right. Nah, a million people. But, <laughs> but anyway. our show is at We're good... going like 70,000 people a day at this point. Oh, good, anyway. good for you, bud. 70,000 daily active users. Let's go. <laughs> daily mm-hmm. added users. Added? Oh, well, yeah. hey. Come on, Mastodon. I believe in you. Uh, in the meantime, we're on the Elon app at Good Trash Media. Um, you know, we're semi-active, but uh, we, we get some good stuff out there. So uh, give us a follow if you're already on that uh, that website. Uh, last but certainly not least, uh, you've heard us mention a couple of times in this episode that uh, so, some people picked movies for the show. If you want to be one of the movie pickers, you can go to patreon.com forward slash GTM and find out uh, what's in it for you as far as uh, contributing to keeping this show alive. Uh, we don't ask for much. Uh, it's a pretty uh, low rent operation over here. We're not going to bullshit you, uh, but we love keeping it ad free. Uh, we love keeping it uh, like this uh, on our terms. So if you want to help us keep that going, it's patreon.com forward slash GTM. Uh, and again, more information there on how uh, or what's in it for you, uh, such as being a film picker. We love our Patreon picks. I really, mm-hmm. some of yeah, the best absolutely. movies of the year. I mean, again, uh, Arthur highlighted Romy and Michelle. I kept expecting one of us to highlight uh, Kiroshi Kurosawa's Cure Which from I our love, friend yeah. Keith. And yeah, that movie I know we all loved. Uh, so The, the it, Ninth Configuration. Brigham's pick, The Ninth Configuration. Weird movie. Weird movie. I like that picture. But it, was, it was fun. It was I'm, fun to watch. Yeah. Such a good Stacey Keach performance. Well, that, I mean, they, you make us watch things we would not watch for the show otherwise. Yeah. Ever. And, yeah. Uh, and thank you for that. Yeah, you know, absolutely. So yeah, here's here's to you, listener. Uh, that's 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 how we'll end the Shelby's uh, with with just you know our appreciation. Thanks, man. Thank you. Thanks, y'all. You're you're good folks. All right. Well, with that, happy New Year, and we'll see you all next year with a new marathon of anti trash. Arthur, say the words. What's happening next? Well, next week we're going to do what we always do in January, and that is our annual anti trash marathon, and we're going to be kicking things off with arguably one of the most important films of the last 60 years uh, when we take a look at Jean-Luc Godard's Breathless. Very good, very good. You keep watching, we'll keep talking, and we'll see you all next time. I'm not sure.